Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated solely to help you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. I'm grateful today to have a guest, a special guest with me, Dominique Drew. Dominique, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You're welcome. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful to talk to and to to feature and interview or whatever people that have decided to live their lives in the people encouragement business, which is sort of how I describe coaching. <laughs> I want to start with a question. You said something a minute ago that um, yeah, it just struck me as a good place to start. You said, it's interesting what happens to us when we turn over the reins. What does that mean? <laughs> so... <clears throat> Yeah, I suppose there's different, there's different levels to the truth of that, I think. You could see it on a psychological level, uh, and you could see it uh, deeper and beneath that. Um, there's a way in which, um, for, the, for the most part, our, our life tends to be a default, uh, tends to default to um, our own agenda, right? And there's an entire coaching industry really structured around shifting what your agenda is or clarifying your agenda or teaching you behaviors that help you achieve your agenda. And then there's a different sort of area of coaching that teaches you to kind of release the agenda and actually step away from that. And that's a deeper level and not everybody's there. Not everybody wants to be. Um, but once you have uh, really examined the underlying levels, right beneath the ego without the ego around the ego instead of the ego um there there comes a place of quite naturally honestly of quite deep surrender and i want to preface this because i'm i'm uh, this is a, audience doesn't exactly know me but i was not a surrender person i was quite the opposite um i was very in control of my life very mind you like not really my life was chaotic but i felt i was controlling i was i was trying to control it um and then i was controlling through through fear it, it mattered to me i am this person and i was very that's 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 definitely like the life i always lived and and life was a very great struggle for me it was just hard there's no fascinating story or deep trauma or anything it's, it was just i just made it difficult on myself and uh and as i and it was that difficulty that led me to this path at quite a young age. And as I went down this path and continued and continued and continued to peel back the layers of who I was and, and why I was thinking and feeling and being what I was, um, gradually I found myself detaching from the agenda of my life. I, I, you know, it's like the Buddhist non-attachment, right? I, be, I came to a place where I didn't need to do these things in order to be happy, joyful, purposeful. Interestingly, I was purposeful despite the fact that I had sort of released attachment to my purpose. 
which was which was quite a deep place. It took me many years to get there. And now it feels as though I don't I don't have the reins and my life is not chaotic. And I am not personally in control of it per se, but instead there's a beautiful co-creation like I'm surfing, like I'm riding the wave. And as a result, my life has shifted from being profoundly struggle based and always feeling kind of trapped to this effortless flow of of ease and creation. So you said, uh, and we talked a little ahead of time, but you said uh, something happened. You're quite an early age, and I agree, but, but I'm not going to say anything about that. I'll let you. And then you went on to describe you had to work all this effort at peeling back the layers. What is it that happens to us from zero to early age that creates this pile of layers that needs to be peeled back or that you, I won't even say need that you chose to peel back to go from white knuckled control or a, an attempt at white knuckled control to blissful surrender where you feel like you're not chaotic but surfing the real focus is what the heck happens from zero to early age that creates all these layers so again that question can be answered on different levels if we go with um quite an advanced level a, a deep level of of spiritual awareness then it's the human condition right the underlying state truthfully is oneness is source right source is is what there is there is nothing which is not that which it is however that is not our experience here and that's a pretty massive conflict right that's a pretty massive thing to even tolerate and by tolerate i just mean being born into right what do you mean i'm separate from you and obviously these aren't conscious thoughts but they are felt so when you see you know the the bumper stickers of we're spiritual beings having a human experience right it's cute mm -hmm. but it's also like deeply true right and yeah. and that can be experienced you know in, in in many different ways and so that is that is the nature of what it's like to be here it's weird and i i remember interestingly um because i had a kind of awakening experience when i was about 14 um, and then I had a rough time in my teens. I was uh, suicidal and depressed and um, deeply, deeply inauthentic and insecure, a lot of self-hatred. And I remember saying to my mother, I remember this being in tears, probably 15 years old, and she would say, what's wrong? And I would say, I want to go home. And we were in our family home at the time. And she's sort of looking around like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> But this is not it somehow. I, I felt, I knew that this wasn't it. This wasn't all of it. I knew I was so much more than this, that there was, that, that even the most ecstatic and blissful and incredible human experience, and that's incredibly blissful and, and, and incredible, is nothing compared to their, our default natural state. I just had this feeling and it wasn't like a beautiful, deep spiritual feeling. It actually felt awful um, because I was separated from something that felt like I shouldn't be separated from it. And that's kind of the, the, the natural way. If you can stand from a place with both feet of, yes, we are source, period, not the concept of that, but truly 
this is what is, this is reality, then to have that be true and to be currently experiencing apparent separation, illusion of duality, things like that, that really messes with you, you know? And that's the whole point of being here. We get to re-experience who we are, right? I wasn't, it wasn't like I was, you know, spiritually evolved and like inconvenienced by humanity. No, 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 no. I would have liked it if you told me that at the time. <laughs> that would have felt great to my <laughs> ego, which was in full swing, by the way. But actually, and, and, and I see this a lot in the spiritual world because I've been in this community for 25 years in this industry. And there's a lot of people who get really good at being very spiritual. But at being human, they're not so great. And that's not better. <laughs> That's not better than someone who's just maybe really good at being human, because the whole point here is to exist beyond and through the, that dualistic experience. So it's getting good at both. So it took me a long time to get good at being human. That took me a couple decades, I'm not gonna lie. And, and so honestly, sometimes even accessing, cause some people can access those high realms really, really early. I mean, not the way I was in sort of a, uh, a sideline type of way, but really actively access those. But it doesn't matter because they're human lives. They can't handle human relationships. They can't be here. And the point of the human experience is to uh, is to find the unity through the dualities, to master both. When you think about uh, the the human condition and our experience of duality, meaning a separation, like there's us and them and us and the universe out there or god or whatever and when you when you when you think about that and then you think about the amount of struggle and amount of trauma and difficulties and pain and we have war going on in you know in, in europe right now and there's other turmoil life is hard bad things happen all over the place people die people are afflicted with illness and cruelty and everything else what do you think and when I ask these questions, you can answer them at any level you want, whatever strikes you. So what do you think in the context of, okay, we're supposed to have this experience and return to unity through this experience. What's the point of such intense, uh, the intensity of that path for many? What do you think the the designer, like, obviously this isn't an accident. So there's a design here and we're designed to do this painful trail to unification why why do you imagine and how do you help people that are with you that are expressing this sort of what the heck talk about that so if you will imagine and i will separate for a moment the what is actually two questions, which is A, what the heck's going on? And B, what do I say to people? Okay. Because the, the question would the of what to say to people would be dependent on where they are and what they need at that time. Right. The question of what's going on now. Imagine for a moment that there is only an isness. Let's call it an isness, a, a thing that is being. And that is all there is there is nothing else so there's nothing which is not that which it is in existence and this isness simply is and there's nothing else and there is no conflict of course because conflict requires duality 
and there's not even really contentment because contentment requires um, something, a, a comparison. So instead, there is simply isness. The only thing that that isness, quote, cannot do or experience is to experience itself. Because there is nothing which is not that which it is. And so imagine that one day, except there are no days and there is no time, imagine that this isness decided that it wanted to experience itself. And in that decision, in that moment of intention, a, an illusion is created, a game is created where parts of this isness can go into a state that induces forgetness, forgetfulness, a deep, profound forgetting that in fact they are all that is. And they can enter a realm where they can pretend that there is something other than that which they are. If that were to happen, then, and let's say that, that, that school, that place, that illusion is the earth, the universe as we know it. So then the deep truth underneath it all is the fact that everything simply is this isness because there is still nothing which is not that which it is. However, when you, a piece of it, quote unquote, breaks off from itself, comes in and puts this veil over their eyes, then they can see as though there were, there were separation, there was a difference. Now let's say that those little pieces, and let's say in this world, we, we call them souls or spirits, right? Pieces of the isness. Let's say one little spirit, one little piece of isness, decides it wants to experience, let's say, forgiveness. Never experienced forgiveness because there's nothing to forgive, so I've always you know, never known what that's like. I'd like to do that. And so while it's still part of the isness, it gets together maybe with another little spirit, and it says, you know, I really want to experience forgiveness. And the other spirit goes, oh, well, I'll go down with you if you want. And if you want, I'll do something terrible to you so that you can then have a reason to experience forgiveness in a way that is deep and meaningful and real. And the other little spirit goes, oh, would you do that? That would be great. And so they come down and they take human form and they forget the entire conversation and they live out very reasonable and logical lives. And one day the soul that wants to experience forgiveness has something terrible happen from this other now person. And they go through whatever process they go through, but now they are being given the gift of experiencing something they could not possibly have otherwise experienced. Okay, so I get it. So you're saying the purpose, the purpose of this existence is to have experience. To, to create and to have experience to allow some development. I mean, the idea would be that somehow this experience gives you richness and texture and creates a, a, a deeper and better tapestry of life and feeling because it's now enriched with all this 
uh, this experience. One of the things that seems interesting to me, and you, I'm sure you notice this as a, a coach uh, or teacher, is that lots of people have this innate feeling of, I want to help people. Like I've heard that mm. a million times. I want to, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I want to help people. Why do you suppose that we're, we're built and like, what's going on with this innate desire? Like we have an innate DNA level desire to be of service and to be in love and service. And that's one of the reasons I love people that are in the people encouragement business, which is how I think of coaching uh, one of the ways, but anyway, what, what, what is that innate need or feeling or yearning that we have to be in love and service? Hmm. What a beautiful question. No one has ever asked me that before. That's a really great question because I noticed the same. Um, and I think if we look at it from the, the, the source isness type of angle, there is a oneness and there is a desire to return to oneness. It also explains the concept of desire. It actually explains every concept of you. That's why I have adopted this as, as being true. Um, and I've experienced it from different angles, but, um, but, but there's nothing that doesn't fit in it um, that I have found. And so, um, you know, desire, right? Why do humans always want to grow? And I'm not talking about just like the hedonic treadmill of like, it's never enough, but really like e even, you know, those who are on the evolution path, right? Which kind of as part of it, you're, you're not really attempting to achieve anything, right? And yet you're still, there's still an authentic desire to grow. Grow into what? What are we talking about? Well, if everything's isness, if that's our natural state, then there is a, because you are in fact everything. So part of you is, is always desiring to return to everything, which while you are incarnated as a human can't actually be done. So there's this all, there's this like uh, desire to always be more. That's what you'll say. If you ask enough questions, any, anybody who wants to you know, achieve something, it'll come down to, I want to be more. How can you be more? Well, right now I kind of can't, but <laughs> the desire is still there because ultimately I can feel the peace that that is in fact currently still more. And so um, I think it's related to that. I think it's related to um, connecting. Um, I imagine there's a piece that when I see you happy, when I facilitate your happiness in some way, there is deep satisfaction for me. I feel that very much as a coach, right? Um, and I, I, in no way take, take credit for my, my, you know, my clients are, are doing what they're doing, but there's a way in which I'm facilitating that process. And I love that so much. It is my favorite thing in the whole world. Why? Right. I'm, I'm not really getting any better through it exactly. And yet you're right. There's this deep, deep satisfaction in it. That is, um, that is, it's really quite profound. So I think there's that level. Um, we are also, you know, we're, we're evolved to, to operate in nomadic tribes, right? Just on the on physical evolutionary levels, um, we're designed to like stick together. I think there's a I think there's a natural looking out for it's mostly until we started killing other humans, which we love to do. That's deeply natural. <laughs> also, um, is is it's us against animals, right? We, we are the we are the tribe, and the and the main predator is is are, is animals of some kind, and so we we gather together the humans are all on the same team kind of in that way and we've spent a lot more time being like that than we have you know in just a few thousand years um uh, culture and society has just has skyrocketed um but we're still the same creatures evolutionarily you know that we've that we've really always been so i think there's that type of piece as well yeah. you know the the 
what that drives me. Did I interrupt you? Not at all. Okay. What I what that you said something that I'm I'm not gonna. Well, I'm gonna maybe disagree with or maybe ask. Please. You said it doesn't do anything for you. You have this enormous satisfaction when you facilitate the growth in others, and it doesn't do anything for you. I don't know that that's true. I think that coaches who facilitate that, especially from a place of I don't need it, I'm, I'm not in need of anything. I'm doing it because of this yearning that we have to be in love and service, that, that, that there is an expansion of your soul, of your, of your actual self with that experience, that each of those experiences uh, I would say expand or grows, but let's say it in, in the language that you're using, pushes you more closer to the return to the unity. And and therefore, there's because of that additional experience, however many times you have it, it's different every time with different people and situations. There is a richness and texture that's added, it seems to me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. It was not, it was not very accurate wording. And there, there is a fulfillment. Fulfillment of what? What, if we look at that, what, what do we actually get? What do we get as, as coaches? There's, there's a deep alignment. And I think for me, that's what it feels like it is. I'm doing the exact thing that I, that, that on multiple levels, my system wants to do. I want to do that on a human level, spiritual, mental, psychological, emotional. I love this thing. And I think when you're in deep alignment, it's almost like a validation of self, of, of what is, which is I am this, this being. And this aligns, this activity aligns so much with, this, with my being that that feels good. It's almost reinforced. Yeah, I, to help people understand that sort of thing, I just use... You know, you become a conduit of love. You become a conduit of the light that exists to share, to spread, to grow. So people don't get, like, you didn't fall up this mountain. You said you had an experience <laughs> when you were 14, a troubled teen years and 19, something happened. And before we started recording, you, you said that there were some, an intentional pursuit of this path very diligently. And I think you described a couple of four-year efforts to, to uh, create you know, to create this plus ongoing study for now decades, it seems like, to, to get this place. Talk a little bit about what made you decide I'm going to dedicate my life to unraveling my own onion and then helping others do the same. Well, I would love to say that it was a beautiful, uh, you know, moment of, of instruction from God to to go on a path of healing. But really, I just hurt really badly. <laughs> It was just awful to be me, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I think I just, instead of, I think, I think that's true for a lot of people, but a lot of people will sort of tolerate it, or uh, maybe resign themselves to it, or okay, well, I guess this is just how life is. And I just, I kind of didn't. I was like, nope, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and so. Uh, by the time I was I was 19, I was already really deeply into that. I was really struggling, um, and I, I found a weekend workshop, and I transformed more in one weekend than I thought was humanly possible, truly. Um, and that's what led to yes, I went to that. Uh, they had a school there for four years. I did that for four years. I did an energy healing school for four years, um, really just in intensive deep work. And I, and so that's what got me in. What kept me going is that I saw that it worked. What does that mean? What does work mean? It 
means that it was it was actually solving the underlying problem. And yes, it was incremental. And yes, it's not a uh, direct line. This is really important for people that are on a self-development path. It's not a straight line upward, right? If you climb a mountain, you're not always climbing up, right? Right. Um, and that's that's really important. Um, and so you know, sometimes, yes, it was incremental and things like that, but it wasn't partially solving things. It was deep enough work that I could actually get to the core of an issue and really eliminate it at, at its core, solve the underlying problem at its core. And so that really led me into the thing that kind of uh, is a little bit unique to the work that I do uh, in this industry is that it's incredibly direct. So the results are accelerated. Right? So you can do 10 years worth of work. Like if you're doing therapy, you do 10 years of therapy in about three months. Because, not because it's any better or worse, but simply because we're going straight to the core of the issue rather than treating a symptom of it. By the time you're in, uh, you're working on the mental and psychological levels, which is where therapy uh, functions, the issue you're, and that's really helpful, but that, that's already an issue of something else that's deeper in your system. It's now a symptom of something else, right? The issue doesn't usually originate in the mental, right? It originates uh, deeper in the human system. And then the symptom is that you're overthinking or you're, you know, whatever the, the problem is. And so there, there are ways, and this is another thing that's really important for people in the spiritual community to, in a way, kind of skip steps legitimately, um, simply by going deeply enough, touching the actual core of the issue and addressing it at its source. And in that way, um, it just sort of accelerates the process. When you do work with people, uh, I understand what you're saying, skipping steps and getting right to the core of the issue instead of dancing around with symptoms that, you know, you can draw analogies to, to physical healing and, you know, medicine, treating, taking aspirin for headaches forever instead of pulling the nail out of your head. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> Beautiful. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> when you talk a little bit about the work that you do. So in order to, someone presents to you, they're motivated. They want to do something different. They have experienced enough pain that they're willing to do, quote, the work. What do you do? Like, what do you, is it? Do, do you use uh, you know, some kind of hypnosis, some kind of subconscious access? Uh, what Describe a little bit. I realize you can't in just a few minutes do deep description, but describe something so that people have a sense of what it means to bypass symptoms and go to the core. Absolutely. Uh, if you take a, the premise that uh, people are creating their own reality on some mm -hmm. level somehow, right? Um, then... Uh, you are creating, a person is creating um, everything in their life that they do like and everything in li their life that they don't like. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, then every human only has one problem, which is that they're not consciously aware of how they're creating the stuff they don't want in their life. Because if they were, they would fix it. But they can't because it's happening subconsciously. Unless they've decided to become addicted to mediocrity and settle for what's easy and obvious. Still a defense. <laughs> yeah, it is. Go right. Ahead. Mediocrity is, is a you. is mediocrity is a beautiful cloak to keep your light from shining yep. in whatever way it is. Right? No, just another defense. So so if the only problem a person has is that they're not conscious of how they're creating the stuff in their life that they don't want, then what I do is I go in and I bring their conscious awareness to the place where they're creating what they don't want. 
So if you see it as they've, they're driving a car, they've got a foot on the gas that they're aware of, and they've got a foot on the brake that they're not. I show them how to find the foot on the brake and how to fix it. And when you, how, how do you get people to trust? Because to dig into these kinds of lack of awareness, there's a book called a competing commitments, immunity to change, I think is the name of it, but it talks about competing commitments and the kind of thing you're talking about gas break stuff. Uh, what do you do to create the kind of trust in someone to sort of talk honestly about stuff when they've been hiding behind cloaks for a long time? That's another really interesting question. Um, I find I don't need to. Okay. Whether there's just kind of something about me that induces that. And I think that mm -hmm. is on some level true because that's been the case since I was a small child. Mm -hmm. Um, people feel safe about, uh, around me. Um, mm -hmm. Or it's because you know, by the time people are attracted to working with me, they are so ready, right? They're so ready and, and by virtue of being attracted to me, they are drawn to me, meaning they're uh, attracted to my style. They're, there's something that I have, they, their system goes, yep, that one. Same as, you know, it's like why there's no competition between coaches, right? right. It's like, perfect, people that need you don't need me and vice versa, that's beautiful. Or you right. know, in, a given, in a given moment. Um, but there is, there's, there's, in, in addition to that, a third way I think has been built, which is as I have cleared human issue after human issue and just, just layer and layer of, of BS over and over and over again, um, I've gotten to a place of, <laughs> uh, really profound, um, joy and ease. As I spoke about earlier, what comes with that though, is a lack of judgment. I don't, not because I, you know, oh, I would never judge you. I don't, I don't care. I've seen all of the human issues. I can see within a person as simply as they walk by me on the street, I can see kind of how they, they carry their energy, where their distortions are, how they're holding it. But there's no, there's no judgment around that because we've all got something. So it's like everybody, it's like being afraid to be naked in front of people, which is really scary until everybody's naked. And then you're like, oh, well, all right you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, there is a place that I have, have gotten to now where, um, people can feel that people feel safe around me. And I mean, like at a bar, just like at a social, in a social, you know, type of sitting uh, situation mm -hmm. too. Um, and, and the way they are, they are, they are drawn to that because obviously on a deeply subconscious level, um, they can feel that there is safety simply well, because I, I hold no agenda for them. Same as you do when you come into a coaching session, right? There's no agenda for the client, not on this level of coaching. On a different level of coaching, there has to be because you're helping them achieve something. Here, for me to have an agenda, if you were to come to me as a client, for me to be like, oh, I know where you need to go. What? Where's right. that coming from? That indicates that I know more about your life than, I, than you do, which is ridiculous. Instead, what I do is I sit totally empty. Intuition comes through me and goes, you need this. And as a result, it's correct every time because it's not coming from Dominique's personality, which has no expertise that you do not, but instead is coming from this sort of greater reality and is designed specifically for you. So that's spectacular. And we could do this for a long time, but we've come to the end of our half hour. Before we be done, I want you to tell everyone uh, where to find you. Uh, what the best way is to connect to learn more about you. I don't know if you've written a book or two or 10. Tell us about all those things and where to find all that stuff so that people can continue this conversation. Absolutely. Um, best place to find me is probably my website, which is just my full name, dominiedrew.com. And on there, um, 
I'm a, a podcast podcast host as well, and I have um, the the links to that on there. Um, but I also have a free course, which um, if people uh, it should be right on my website. Um, but if anybody um, wants to send me and uh, a note through my contact on my website, let me know that you saw me on this web on this podcast, and I will uh, send you access to the free course. And it's actually a lot of material because the whole point. You know, you were talking about your mission to to reach 50 million. To me, it's like if you if I can get you results without you coaching with me, that's a total win in my book. So I'm really, you know, a lot of my material is just out there. Um, you know, the more the merrier in this world. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I want to honor and acknowledge you for the work that you're doing. I I love people that have made a choice to simply make it their mission to add good to the world. Mm. And I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I'm honored to that you shared your space with me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I want you to take, listeners, I want you to take some time to think about who you're being and the truth mm. of what Dominique told us, that you draw into existence every part of your experience. And it, since that's true, it bears some attention and some consideration about how to change the things that you'd like to adjust in your life. I can tell you as you do that, you'll move forward in creating your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is your ultimate life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on the